This is the Create Love, Create Freedom podcast. My name is Allison Fisher, and on today's episode, we are going to be discussing how we develop each one of the different attachment styles. So there are four. There is secure attachment, um, and then there are three insecure attachment styles. One is anxious attachment, um, another is avoidant attachment, and the third insecure attachment style is disorganized attachment. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking, uh, giving a little, I'm going to be giving a little brief overview of each of the attachment styles, but I'm also going to be discussing how we develop each of the different attachment styles to kind of give you a little bit more understanding of how it potentially happened. And then also, um, especially as we discuss secure attachment, if you are not securely attached, you can kind of understand maybe what was missing and how to either give those things to yourself or also how to create the kind of lifestyle where you are spending time with people, whether it's friends, um, other family members, uh, colleagues, um, a partner who has developed secure attachment. Um, that is going to be one way that will help you become more secure uh, over time. So first, when we think about secure attachment, we think about um, our ability to regulate our emotions. Uh, this is someone who's comfortable take, uh, talking about feelings and having difficult conversations. They are dependable, supportive, trustworthy. Uh, their nervous system is very flexible. They're not always stuck in the fight, flight, um, freeze kind of responses, fawn. They are able and capable of moving and, and they do feel those, those types of nervous system responses. Um, their nervous system kind of gets lit up a bit too, but they're able to move back to a kind of form of, um, comfort and calm and freedom. And they don't stay in that heightened state at all times. They are people who face conflict directly and confidently. Um, conflict isn't something that really is a negative aspect for them. They see it as an opportunity for growth to understand the other person to understand themselves, and to share how they feel about something. Uh, these are people who trust those around them. Their words and their actions match a majority of the time. And they're able to grow, be playful, curious, and they're open to relationships. So how do we develop secure attachment in childhood? Um, someone who is securely attached had a parent or parents could be um, both of their parents 
Um, they, but they had at least one parent that is open, predictable, and has consistent responses uh, to their emotional needs. The parent has clear boundaries and the parent honors and respects the child's boundaries. The child feels safe and comfortable expressing themselves as well as their feelings. Clear communication and working through conflict is modeled in the home. Uh, Their parent is or was during childhood emotionally very resilient. Things happened to the parent, but the parent was able to work through those things, um, you know, work through their limiting beliefs and create a narrative in their mind, um, you know, instead of like a really negative story or a negative narrative, they were able to say, okay, this issue or this problem that I'm having, we can work through it. This isn't, um, you know, this is a difficult thing. They don't minimize um, their emotions or how difficult the situation is but they can learn to work through it and navigate through it. And in conflict, the the parent stays connected to the child. So the parent doesn't shame the child. They don't push them away um, emotionally. They don't shut down, um, but they are able to stay very present with their child. So as I said earlier, next we're going to discuss um, the, uh, the three insecure attachment styles. But as I said earlier, this is, I'm hoping that this is very helpful for you, either whether, whether you are securely attached and you're looking for a securely attached partner, whether or not you are, uh, you were insecurely attached and you want to develop secure attachment. um, And you, and, or I should say you want to create secure attachment for your children in the future. Um, These are some things to really, to really think about in terms of how do we, or how did we develop secure attachment and being able to kind of line up um, the, how we develop maybe our insecure attachment next to secure. We can kind of see where, um, you know, maybe our parent didn't show up for us in the way that we needed but we can learn how to show up for ourselves in that way. Um, Part of the way that we can do that, um, I know for myself, it's really helped me to understand how to regulate my nervous system, Um, getting myself from that um, very emotionally triggered place where my nervous system is just humming, right? It's just, I feel very attacked and either I want to shut down or I want to fight. Um, sometimes there's a freeze response, but learning how to kind of get back into in a healthy way that um, that secure place, right? Where I'm feeling, um, okay, you know, that thing happened or I was triggered, but I'm able to minimize my limiting beliefs. I'm able to reframe the narrative from the limiting belief and I'm able to, you know, really create um, an internal dialogue that supports me moving forward and becoming more secure, Um, seeing things from a more secure perspective. 
And part of regulating the nervous system is um, really tied to reparenting ourselves. Um, there's lots of different uh, levels of, you know, um, reparenting, but uh, one of those is also soothing the inner child. And by soothing the inner child and being present for your inner child, uh, for me, it's, you know, my inner little girl, little Allison, um, that has really helped me as well, regulate my nervous system and really be the parent to myself that I've, you know, kind of emotionally and psychologically that I always needed. So next we are going to be talking about the three insecure attachment styles. So let's discuss anxious attachment first. So I'm going to do a little overview first. Um, someone who is anxiously attached is in chronic fear of abandonment in the relationship. Um, they also have a fear of intimacy. Um, they're hyper vigilant to people's emotional states. Again, they had a parent in their childhood or they had to be emotionally vigilant um, and being able to be hypersensitive and almost predict what someone is going to do. They may pick fights in order to feel close to their partner. They struggle to set boundaries and also honor the boundaries of others. Um, they have issues of disconnection in conflict. Uh, conflict feels very overwhelming and terrifying to them. Um, they're very fearful that the person will disconnect from them. They will um, try to leave, right? And so even though the anxiously attached person um, fears intimacy, they also uh, deeply need it and crave it. Um, they tend to be highly emotionally reactive when they're triggered. And they tend to neglect themselves in the relationship, always very focused on what their partner needs. So how do we develop atta um, anxious attachment in our childhoods? We either had one or both of our parents um, not available emotionally. There was something about either one of our parents or both of them where they just were not available uh, to help us work through our emotions, uh, to model what good um, emotional regulation looked like. Um, we had a parent who was inconsistent or unpredictable. Sometimes that can be you know, if a parent, um, you know, didn't keep a job or was financially, you know, struggling, uh, maybe some substance abuse, um, maybe physical violence as well, but definitely a parent who emotionally or psychologically was very inconsistent or unpredictable. They weren't able to care for our deep emotional needs. They weren't capable um, of kind of staying with us as we tried to kind of navigate our own emotions as children. Uh, another way we develop anxious attachment 
in childhood is that um, our parent doesn't have any boundaries and or they violate they violated our boundaries. Uh, this was one of the things that I had to learn in my 30s as an adult was how to set boundaries. What boundaries could we possibly have? Like, you know, I really had to learn about, oh, this is a this is a boundary. Um, this is how I, in the beginning, I kind of thought about it as enforcing the boundary. But now I kind of see it as um, allowing people to see what my boundary is and they can choose to um, honor that boundary or I can remove myself from the situation um, or let them know that they've crossed a boundary. Uh, Another way that we develop anxious attachment in childhood is that we had a parent that struggled to regulate their emotional state. So either they shut down, um, they had a lot of rage, and they would um, point that towards us. Um, Also, I've definitely seen a lot of um, overwhelming uh, tears, right? And then putting a lot of shame on us as children because they struggle to regulate their emotional state. Also, a parent who didn't respond to our emotions or help us understand or process our feelings. One of the biggest reasons for this is they weren't able to process their own feelings. They weren't able to understand their own emotions. So, of course, they couldn't help us with ours but it really allowed us to not be able to handle our own emotions or process our own feelings as we moved into adulthood. And um, lastly, one of the ways that we develop anxious attachment is we had an unstable parent, an unpredictable parent. Um, And they most likely had unstable and unpredictable relationships with other people, whether that was their spouse or their partner or other parent, um, whether it was their friends, um, whether it was people at work and their colleagues. Um, But they had very unstable and unpredictable relationships. Next, we are going to discuss avoidant attachment. So someone with avoidant attachment might ghost or withdraw in relationships when they get too close to the other person. They deeply desire connection, though they don't actually always know how to connect. They also fear intimacy. They also fear abandonment. A lot of times they will abandon first so that someone doesn't abandon them. Um, They end relationships abruptly if their needs aren't met. They have unrealistic expectations of their partner. Um, For example, like the partner should be able to read their minds or meet all of their needs. Again, this is one of the reasons why they tend to abruptly end their relationship when perhaps they haven't even shared what some of those needs are that they need or want met. 
um, because they really struggle to understand their own needs and also verbalize them, communicate them. Um, They can be very highly critical. They're generally looking for the perfect partner. And the partner may seem really great when they start the relationship, but then they find flaws. And as they find flaws, they tend to start backing away from the person. They don't feel like they, they, I think sometimes they feel like they can, they very much deserve a perfect partner. But I think, I, and I think logically they understand that there's no such thing as a perfect person. But I think that they also fear that someone who is not perfect or not perfectly every single time matched for them won't ever be able to handle them or know or understand, and they won't be able to trust that person with parts of themselves. So they tend to be very highly critical of um, other people, their partners, um, you know, their spouses, those kinds of things. And lastly, they can really lack empathy, um, and they can un- they can really struggle to understand the needs of others. Um, especially when they're in a bit of a heightened state, they can really shut down other people's needs very quickly and really move it from the, the anxiously attached person tends to always be in their emotions, um, stuck in their head too, but they verbalize it as how they feel while the avoidantly attached person, although they feel to the same degree that the anxious person feels, Um, they really struggle to share that. And so they also stay very much in their head. Um, and so they, they can tend to lack some empathy. Um, they struggle to understand the needs of others. So how do we develop avoidant attachment? Well, in childhood, um, and of course, continuing on Continuing on into adulthood, we had one or more parents who shut down regularly. They gave us the silent treatment or they just completely disassociated from us, from reality, from the home, from parenting, from their work, from their community. Um, We often have a parent or had a parent that tended to be a lone wolf so they really would withdraw when they had um, difficult emotions or they felt a lot of stress. Um, they did everything on their own. They never asked for help. And therefore, they never sought out help to really heal some of those, some of those feelings or some of those issues that they had. And instead, the easiest thing for them to do was to withdraw. And so then they also withdrew from us as a child. Uh, Their parent was very cold or appeared detached, maybe even unconcerned with our experience as a child within the world. So it wasn't important for us or for them to understand us on the level that a child needs. Um, 
the parent shamed the child or didn't accept parts of who they were. They didn't allow themselves them. Uh, they didn't allow the child, excuse me, to fully express themselves. So there were always parts of themselves. The the anxious, or excuse me, the avoidant child always felt like there were parts of themselves that they couldn't show anyone, and they would be shamed for it. And the parent was also someone who was very perfectionistic. And they had a very authoritarian style of parenting. Uh, They also tended to be someone who had very unrealistic expectations of the child. Usually perfection. Uh, Usually fulfilling one of the roles that we can fulfill within a family and expecting us to stick to only that role. Um, And an unhealthy role. And the third and final um, insecure attachment style is disorganized attachment. So what this looks like uh, with someone who has disorganized attachment is they tend to be people who always have a push-pull dynamic in the relationship, going from I don't need you to I can't live without you. Their romantic relationships tend to be very triggering or highly overwhelming for them. They tend to be very cynical or have a resentment around relationships in general. Either all men are, or, you know, all men are bad or all women are bad. Um, they, a uh, person with disorganized attachment, can unconsciously create chaos or can reenact their childhood experiences even with a secure partner. Uh, They're very much addicted to excitement or drama within the relationship and they tend to create some of it. These are folks who not only don't trust themselves, um, but they also don't trust others. So how do we develop disorganized attachment in childhood? We witnessed violence, neglect, abuse from a parent. There was substance abuse, poverty, or situations that consistently lack of safety for us as children. We never felt safe. Um, our parent who or parents who were supposed to be the people that we could trust and that were supposed to be safe, they weren't safe. We had a parent who unconsciously shamed us or engaged in some pretty harsh punishments, some punishments that didn't make sense for a little brain. I mean, there are punishments that we understand as children being like, yeah, I did that thing that was wrong you know, and um, I got a timeout or I got something, right? But for someone with disorganized attachment, their parent usually engaged in a very harsh punishment. So they tend to have, we we tended to have a parent in childhood who um, was one way at home, 
and completely different out in public or out in the community. Um, people often really like them. People in the community really like them, but they don't really know them on that really personal level. And so they don't understand that as the child, the child was either being physically, emotionally, psychologically, um, you know, abused or, um, you know, there was neglect. And lastly, we developed disorganized attachment as a child. Um, when as a child, we, we felt very uncomfortable or afraid to share what we thought or felt with our parent. Um, either they were going to judge us or shame us or just simply not be there, not be present, not be able to deal with any of our needs, uh, emotional, physical, psychological, anything like that. So again, a lot of the reasons why we either were one of the three, we developed one of the three insecure attachment styles or we develop secure attachment in childhood um, really took place because of how we learned to connect at birth and throughout our childhoods with our parents, with our parental figures. If our attachments were safe and secure, we became resilient, confident, and able to navigate life with a lot of grace. And if we, you know, our attachments uh, were unsafe or unpredictable, we became insecure, unsure of who we actually are. We struggle to trust and we feel anxious or overwhelmed at the idea of emotional connection with our partner uh, in a relationship, uh, even sometimes with our friends. And I think it's important to realize and to know that at any age in life, we can begin to become more secure. Um, when I personally learned that I had anxious attachment, um, I have a father who is also, um, who, who's anxiously attached and a mother who has disorganized attachment. Uh, once I learned that I could become more secure, I thought that that was just absolutely fantastic. I was like, oh, I can, I can really work on this. I can fix this. I can create a, a deep sense of freedom um, from those old stories and that old way of thinking, those limiting beliefs, and, and build something different and new. Um, and I think by addressing our own needs and by learning to take care of ourselves and having boundaries – and by giving ourselves what our parents weren't able to give us, um, this really helps us become more securely attached. Um, so it, I just want to let you know that it's common to have a blend of these styles, um, meaning you can see yourself in more than one. It's also common to have different types of attachments depending on the relationship. So I find uh, sometimes I am more securely attached with more secure people, um, but I can also uh, really fall into that anxious avoidant trap if, 
if I'm with someone who, even though I'm working on healing um, from anxious attachment, and I feel like I have moved into that much more securely attached place, if I'm around someone who's deeply avoidant, um, and some things about them triggered me, I can, and I, and I want to be in a relationship with them, I have found that I can, from time to time, um, you know, kind of fall back into a more anxious role, uh, either within the relationship or um, as, you know, I'm kind of getting to know that person. Uh, this can also happen with work colleagues or close friends, um, like I said, romantic relationships. And I think it's just really important to realize that different traits in people bring out our different aspects of our attachment. And in those moments, I definitely um, realize when, because usually if I move back into an insecure attachment, I, I notice that my my nervous system spikes. Like I, I definitely go from a place of calm and um, I kind of move from the green, right? The calm into the yellow. Um, I don't often move into the red, uh, but I think it's important to know the body, be in touch with our bodies and really understand, oh, I'm in a heightened state. And this happens pretty frequently when I'm in conflict with this person, um, when discussing certain kinds of things, uh, when they pull away from me or when they try to um, encroach and uh, get into my space or get to know me more. And so that really helps me understand what kind of attachment style they have. So um, going forward, um, right now in our members club, we are actually discussing avoidant and anxious attachment style. And on Friday, we are going to be uh, launching our uh, monthly offering for July and in that, we are discussing disorganized attachment and secure attachment. Um, so please take a look at that. You can go to our website, createlovefreedom.podia.com, or you can also look us up on Instagram um, at createlovefreedom and click on the link in our bio if you would like to become part of our members club. Um, it is a self-guided tour, uh, self-guided pace. You go at whatever pace you'd like. Um, each month we have a new topic um, or a topic that um, we didn't get to fully flush out the month before. And we have videos for you to go through, um, to to grow, um, and to really create the life, the love, and the freedom that you're looking for um, and that you desire within your own life. And um, they're also along with the videos, there are workbooks. So please take a look at that. And as well, our July Ignite Your Feminine 30-Day Free Challenge is available. Uh, you can go to the link in our bio again on Instagram at Create Love Freedom and check that out. We're going to um, allow signups through Sunday. So if that is of interest to you, please take a look at those. And until next time.